You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. <laughs> Empire. Welcome to the latest edition of All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP Hockey writer Steve Wino. Today we'll be talking about what looked like a very scary injury to Alex Ovechkin, uh, a brutal shootout loss, a, blow, a blown lead against the Toronto Maple Leafs, and kind of looking ahead to, to the final week of the regular season for the Washington Capitals and what is could be coming in the first round. Carl, uh, you, I'm sure you've been parts of games, part of a game like that uh, against the Leafs. Uh, blowing a lead like that, losing a shootout, uh, talking to TJ Oshie and, and Marcus Johansson afterward, it was just one of those stinging losses that it really kind of hurt when you're trying to avoid Florida and get that extra point. I'm sure you kind of understand what those guys were going through. Yeah, I mean, it's tough. Sorry, sorry for, first of all, for the raspy voice. I lost my voice after my trip to Vegas the other day. Um, so you but, had fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, I had fun. I guess too much uh, yelling and screaming at the pool parties or something. We'll get, um, we'll, we'll get, to, we'll get to that later. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, it is tough. You're, you're, it's good competition in Toronto, and and all it takes is to to let let up for just a second. Plus, the other team turns it up a little bit. It's it's tough, but when it comes down to it, that's kind of what the playoffs are all about. You know, you you let uh, there's there's in game momentum shifts all the time, and you got to be able to uh, kind of snuff them out as as soon as they get going. Um, which is which is why you know home ice advantage is such a big a big deal, especially if your crowd's into it. You get them going and. And, uh, and they help you uh, kind of tilt the ice in your direction. So it's difficult, but like I said, it's a good team too in Toronto. Um, and, and they're obviously trying to ride a high going into the playoffs there. But what, what I think is nice is, is to see them competing, you know, so you lose in a shootout, right? We don't have that in, uh, in the playoffs, which is nice. So you still have an opportunity to continue to battle five on five and, and see what happens. Um, but, but I mean, it's it kind of is what it is. You're really hoping for them to to maybe jump a spot there because we had talked about it that you don't really want to play Florida, but right. at the same time, I mean, it would be a be an amazing challenge. Like imagine you beat you beat the Florida Panthers in the first round. Like how how good you'd feel after that. So well, then you got to play the Leafs or the Lightning after. That's the problem. Exactly. Yeah. So either way you slice it, you're you're in one. So it's it's you might as well you know try and get maybe get the best team out of the way while you're hopefully the most healthy, although we don't know exactly how healthy the team is. Yeah, and the Alex Oveshkin injury, obviously, when it happened, it looked scary. I mean, he get, he gets trips over Eric Shogun's stick, goes shoulder left shoulder, arm first, in, into the end boards there. To me, it looked like immediately like a collarbone, dislocated shoulder kind of situation. And when he's slow to get up, you're worried. Yeah, it's, it's tough to say, but uh, what were the comments? The TJ Oshie comments after that he said he's he's – the toughest player he's seen battling through injuries. So you he know, always is. He, he always has been, right? Yeah, he's 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 gonna he's gonna do whatever possible to to be in the game. Yeah, I think he takes the uh, the Russian machine never breaks um, tagline pretty seriously, um, and he knows how important he is to the team. So he's gonna find a way. Just hopefully, it's nothing. You know, nothing um, where you if you continue to play that it that it gets worse. Right? That's uh, that's not something anyone wants to see. We don't want to see an off season surgery for him. That's uh, 
that's out of the question. Um, in, in my opinion, at least you want to, you want to protect him as much as possible, but if he can play and he's not going to injure it further then yeah, I, I would imagine of all people, he's going to be out there. So it's, it's, yeah, it, exactly. This is Ovi. Exactly. He, he'll be out there. So it, it it's, it's just unfortunate, right? It's like one of the only things we didn't want to see in the last, last five games is, is some of the big guys go out, especially him. So it's, it's just terrible timing. Yeah, and we're recording this on, on, on Monday afternoon. I, I'm guessing right now that he's going to miss the game against the Islanders on Tuesday night and then probably play either one or both of the games uh, at the Islanders, at the Rangers, because really, like, they, they would love to get out of, of that second wildcard spot, but having Alex Ovechkin healthy has to be the most important thing versus matchups, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and and since we don't know exactly the severity of the injury, like, I mean, if you have to hold him out for the rest of them, you hold him out. Right? It's it's uh, it's just whatever at this point. Like like we said, it, you're you're hooped either way you go with whichever matchup you have. Um, so if if he needs the time, there's no point of forcing it. He's got 50, which is what we were all hoping for as well. So I, I don't see. Um, yeah, I, I, unless they feel that the the risk is worth the reward in this case with potentially moving moving up a spot. Then you know I, I don't see why why chance it. And thinking about it, also back to this game, uh, the Leafs game. To me, it, it just looked like a team that. But after Ovechkin went out, you build this momentum from scoring these two goals, and I thought they were going to cruise from there. But you're, you, you mentioned this. like The Leafs are a good team, too. They have that push. And Marcus said this, this the other night, that it's better to happen now than in the playoffs. Probably a good lesson to, to know that when the te- a team you're, you're, you're leading has that push, this team's got to be able to respond better. It has to be some sort of a good learning lesson. Oh, for sure. You, you, they're, they're opportunistic as anybody in the league. You know, they... They they blow the zone. They wait for their their chances, and they and they create lots of odd man rushes. So you know, if anything, it's nice to go go back to the uh, to the tape and see maybe maybe what they changed in game if if they did um, when they were down down two goals, right? And see you know that they all of a sudden changed to a a two one two four check or or change something up in the neutral zone. Um, what were their breakouts like? You know, if they made any of those little little tweaks, you know, those are nice things to have in your back pocket. You know, what what are teams pressure? pressure situations how do how do they they try and flip the script and then you know how to defend against that right there's there's plays for everything you know there's always a counter and uh and as long as you know you know typically what they're going to do because the pre-scouts are pretty in-depth in the playoffs um you know then you can change on the fly and and hopefully nip those uh right away before they happen yeah and 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 you in the shootout thing you're right there's no shootouts in the playoffs thank god there's no shootouts in the playoffs but this is a game that, that they probably should have won before the shootout. You have a power play in overtime. Even TJ Oshie was kicking himself for, for, for not scoring on a rebound even before that power play. They didn't have Alex Ovechkin in, in that situation, but the Caps had plenty of opportunities. And, and I think when you're looking at this film, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think Peter Laviolette should show here's the good stuff from the first 50 minutes and almost just skip over the overtime and say here's where it went wrong and, and then just flush this game, right? Yeah, I, I would I would say that's probably a good good way to look at it. Um, you you want to see you want to see what works, right? Uh, you obviously and it was working knows. a lot. They were the better team. They were in, in that Leafs game. Yeah, everyone knows what doesn't work. It's it's pretty clear. But you want to see exactly the details right. that do work. So just just you know focus on those, and and uh, and I think you'll be fine after that. So it's just it, it's it's when the playoffs comes and and guys bear down just a little bit more. You know, it's it's that extra adrenaline you have and. And those goals either, well, you hope that they go in and they don't uh, put a little too much into them and they go, you know, over the net or or just wide. But uh, but yeah, usually usually everyone bears down just a, a little bit more and they're just 
a tad more precise. So um, that's, I guess that's the hope at this point. Yeah. Before we get to, to talking about uh, Gila floor and, and some other stuff in the second segment, uh, how, how was Vegas? How, can, can you talk, talk, <laughs> tell us about your, uh, your trip out there? Yeah, it was, well, it was really good. So, um, so I was out there on behalf of the caps um, with uh, some of the suite holders and uh, global partnerships um, with monumental and, and, Thundercat and uh, too, right? And Thundercat was there. Yeah. So that's, that was the funny thing is I didn't know if I was going to be going, going out as part of the caps or part of Thundercat um, because I guess I could play either way. So it was, uh, it was pretty neat though. It was, it was a really good experience. Everybody had tons of fun. The game was phenomenal. Um, anybody who's been to Vegas to watch a game, uh, especially a close game realizes just how impressive it is there um, and how much of a party every, every game is. And they do such a good job of entertaining the crowd. So um, yeah, that was really good. I gambled a little bit, didn't lose. You know what? I think I ended up pretty close to even maybe down a couple hundred bucks, but I was, um, I was surprisingly, I played blackjack, which I don't normally play because for fear of people getting mad at me at the table, but uh, the dealer helped me out a ton and I won a decent amount there and then lost it all being, being dumb playing roulette as I normally do. I put it all on a color. And then if I don't win, I double it until I get back, which is actually a TJ Oshi method that he taught me <laughs> one time in the Bahamas. And um, yeah, I got all the way back to, to what I thought was even. And then I, uh, I just packed it in. So it was, it was all in all, it was a really, really great trip. I just love that city. It has so much buzz. You know, it's not, it's not somewhere you want to stay too long when they charge you 20 bucks for a bottle of Fiji water in the cafeteria, but it's still, it's still fun to experience it. Even if you just walk around and, and don't really take in any shows and stuff, but, but overall phenomenal trip. I'm excited for next year. I think that we're supposed to be going to Nashville. So that, that, that sounds great. Nashville's a heck of a place too. I know that uh, the caps travel really well to Nashville. So, uh, so yeah, that would be, that'd be a good, good trip next year. Sorry, are you one of those bad blackjack tape players who just screws up the rest of the table? Exactly. That is me. Yeah. I play by my gut and, uh, and people don't like that. They like to play by the book. So that's why, that's why I always say, if I'm going to play with somebody, you know, you let me know exactly what you want me to do and I'll do it. If it's by the book and you're supposed to win that way, then sure. But I'm always, I always try to be a gut feeling person and, uh, and yeah, people don't like People don't like when you uh, when you do that. I guess when it's math. That's so against like the hockey player thing of like trusting the process and doing the right thing for you to just go with your gut all the time. Well, you know what? I don't know. I don't know that that's a hundred percent true. Like I, I made so many plays, always just trusting my gut. You know, thinking I knew where a player was going to go, which direction they were going to they were going to try and deke me to. And and uh, for for me, that's obviously I trust the process, but at the same time, I always like to cross reference everything. You know, like I don't. I never like to throw pucks blind to the middle. I always had to make sure that the guy was there, even though that was the plan. I, I needed to know 100% that that was open before I did it. And, you know, maybe it, maybe it hindered me from making some of these really sweet, no look passes all the time, but I think it also uh, helped me not, not making so many giveaways. So I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm just a gut guy. That's, that's the way, that's the way I'm built. Okay. Off season. We're going to go to the MGM casino and play, and play blackjack and see how that Yes. Goes. Yes. Uh, please teach me, teach me how to win. I no, I'm 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 more of a by the book person with a little bit of like I have a feeling about something, and then usually it works out. I, I'm probably in my lifetime up more than I'm down in blackjack. Well, then that's a win right there. I'd be happy that's, about that. That's a win. We're done gambling talk for now. When we come back on all caps, uh, some thoughts about Gila Floor uh, and a little bit of looking ahead to what the Capitals have the rest of the regular season. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time: the roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to All's Caps with bad gambler Carl Alsner. Uh, I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino, uh, by the book gambler over here. Um, uh, we, we lost another. We, Mike Bossy already, Jean Poffin, Clark Gillies. We lost Guy Lafleur. Um, Carl, we were just talking a little off the air that you you did meet Guy when when you were in Montreal. What was he like? What, uh, can you explain kind of what he meant to to Montreal and 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 to hockey? Yeah, well, so so it's obviously very sad. I mean, this is uh, it's happening happening too much this year, especially in the last few months. So it's um, super unfortunate, and um, I guess this one hits a little bit closer to home because he was he was really the only the only one that I had met of the. Uh, of those four. Um, so, so it was, yeah, sad to see. And you could, you could feel for the city, you know, just how much he meant to the organization, but the entire city, um, entire province, honestly, of Quebec. Um, so yeah, that was, that was very sad. I, I was fortunate enough to meet him. It's one of the things that the the Habs do really well is their alumni program is very strong. And, uh, and those guys are around the rink a ton. And, um, he was one of those guys that even with, with all the star power um, that the organization has had over the years, you could still tell that he just kind of, he commanded the room. Everybody, everybody was looking his direction. And I asked uh, some of the fans when we were doing some of the, the fan appreciation dinners and all that. And I just said, you know, like, who is, who is, who is the guy for the Montreal Canadiens? Like who, if you could choose anybody to hang out with, like who, who's that person? They always carry price. Is it, is it Patrick Waugh? Is it Gila Fleur? Like, who is it? And they all said that, they all said that Patrick Waugh would be awesome because they don't ever see him very often, but to them it's Guy Lafleur is the Montreal Canadiens. And so I think that is pretty cool to be the guy considered the guy of one of the most popular uh, franchises in, in hockey. Um, you know, I guess sports franchises in the world, honestly, which at times pains me to say that, but, uh, but you know how that relationship goes, but it's either way, it's still, it's still great. And, and it's very sad to, uh, to hear that and did you did you see the tribute that it they was, did that they it did? was unreal and like what was it what was it that, that that ovation 10 minutes long yeah i think total with with the video and ovation it was <laughs> it was about 10 minutes yeah that's just i mean that's respect right there that's um it's it's very very cool um and at the same time very sad and just an unbelievable career over 1300 points like that's uh it just kind of makes you laugh when you when you see those kind of numbers yeah, and I think I'm just old enough to remember to having watched Guy Lafleur like at the end years with the with the Quebec Nordiques. Uh, but like, this is a guy where you, you watch the film and you're like, this is he's one of the, the maybe ten to fifteen greatest players of all time. Yeah, oh yeah, I think I think you're probably fair in saying that. And and when I liked watching the in the tribute video, some of his goals and just you know like all, although at times there were some of the ones where they just slide it right along the ice and in the net but you could see him already you know the way he was picking corners and and how accurate his shot was with with the type of sticks that they were using too like it was 
it was just really impressive to see him uh, put up those numbers with with that equipment that they uh, that they had at their disposal. So, um, yeah, if taking into consideration era of playing and and what he was able to do, I think he's if not if not one of the top ten um, best players in the league for sure, one of the top ten most impactful players in the league. Yeah, fifty one games in his career against the Washington Capitals in the regular season, eighty three points. Is that yeah. good? That's yeah. that. Yeah, I, and that's not even like the top three or four of, uh, of teams he scored against. He lit up the Penguins for 101 points in 70 games. Holy smokes. Yeah. That's uh, that's uh, when you're licking your chops to play some of those teams every night. You're fired up about that. Yeah, and, and the Capitals did, did a moment of silence for Guy Lafleur the other night as well uh, before the, the Leafs game. It, it just feels like this is one of those kind of league moments where, like, no matter whether he played for, for the Capitals or not, there's a certain level of appreciation there. Well, absolutely. And I, and I know this is maybe, maybe on a different level, but even just what the league is doing with Ryan Getzlaff right now, you know, all the buildings yep. he's been going to shaking hands with the other teams and and the referees and coaches and all that stuff. It's, it's just, I feel like there's a lot of respect in hockey and um, you, you realize which guys are the ones that have paved the way for you and, and have had, like we said, impacts on the game. And uh, you know, he's, he's for sure one of those guys and, and Getz is also one of those guys too. So it's, um, it, it's just, you know, one of the reasons why I love the sport so much in the community players. Um, we, we just did the, the Masterton nominee, uh, uh, every, every market we, we do in the, the hockey Writers association, we pick a nominee for every team. Nick Backstrom is our guy for Washington coming off the, the, the kind of the hip ailment, everything he was dealing with. Uh, just how impressed are you by, by Nick and, and, and coming back from that? I know the surgery was many years ago, but all the off season kind of work he had to do the, the missing the first 28 games of the season. How impressed are you by seeing Nick come back and, and be the player he still can be after all that? Well, yeah, it's, it's very impressive because, you know, it, this isn't a knock on Nick, but he's not, he's not a, um, you know, like, I guess a good example would be like a Aaron Volpatti or a Tom Wilson who are just those, you know, you see them and you're like, well, that, that's like a, that's a five sport athlete right there. You know, they just, those guys that still work hard, but are also you know, very, very gifted. Um, you know, he's, he's a guy that has to work really hard to uh, get himself where he wants to be. And uh, he obviously has the raw, raw talent that, that takes him to the next level. But when you, when you take somebody out um, with a, with a hip injury, something that keeps you pretty immobile um, it, it's hard to, it's hard to keep, keep your speed and keep the quick feet going. And he's, it's a good thing. He's so smart with and without the puck and, and has such good hands and vision that, that he's been able to survive while his body comes back to, comes back to par. You know, it's, it's just a, it's a hard uh, position to be in, but you no, know, he's, he's, you know, Mr. Evergreen. He's always there. He doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what season it is. He's, he's green. He's, he's ready to go. And, and that's what I've always uh, found to be so impressive with him. I wondered about the, the Nick contract long-term and maybe even Oshi as well as it's not like him losing his speed as he gets older is going to be a problem. Cause it wasn't like he was a fast guy to begin with, right? Like, it, like this is a guy who he's not going to lose his brain power. And when you talk about how smart he is, he can age pretty gracefully. He might be a third line center in, in, in a year or two, but he's never going to lose that part of his game. Exactly. And that, that was what I was always told too. It's like, if you can, if you can be consistent and, and the coaches can count on you to do your job, you know, night in and night out, um, then, then that's, that's going to spell longevity, right? You're going to be, you're going to be in the league for a long time. And if you don't lose your, your asset, you know, like even look, look at a guy like Jason Chimera hit, what was his asset? It was speed, right? And he never lost it. And he was able to play for 18 years. And so, you know, if, if you have a, an asset, like, like vision, leadership, passing, um, and it's, and speed has never been your, your number one uh, skill that you have, 
and and you continue to to bring those other elements to the table, then then you're going to stick around and and play and contribute for a long time. It's he's he's in a he's in a great position where he's able to able to do that. And um, yeah, I mean the, the Caps are are lucky when when a player when a player goes to sign a deal and says if I get to play with with Nick Backstrom for another another eight years, I'm signing that deal every single day. You know that's a special player to to have on your team. Yeah, and and you don't think, and maybe people didn't think of him as a Hall of Famer all this time, but you're going to look at his numbers, and, and he's going into the Hall of Fame at some point. Well, yeah, and so the only knock is individual awards, right? But there's lots of guys that, that haven't got individual awards, but his his numbers speak for themselves. Like, yeah, if this was just a, uh, you know, current players voting on this, um, I he think. He would have won Selkie probably at some point. Yeah, exactly. He would have at least been in the conversation a lot more, and uh, it's unfortunate that he hasn't been. But, but yeah, if it's if it's individual play, players voting on this, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, he's he's in one hundred percent every single day. Um, so I'm just hoping that everybody realizes that when his time comes. Tangent, and I'm putting you on the spot here. I, I've got to vote for for the NHL awards uh, by next week. Um, it, who, who do you think for, for the MVP? I mean, uh, this, the, I, I mean, I, I talked to Rick Tockett earlier, and he loves Leon Dreisaitl. Uh, Igor Shosturkin's in there. Ovi's in there. Uh, Huberdeau, uh, Johnny Goudreau, McDavid. Do you, do you have a guy around the league who say this is he's the MVP? Oh man, it. You know what? I had a weird feeling. You had a gut feeling that you were going to ask me that today. Um, about gut feelings now. Yes, exactly. It's and it's tough because. The, the two guys that immediately came to my mind were two guys you didn't even mention there. And, and one is Austin Matthews, because yeah, I, I think what he's been able to do is absolutely outrageous. And I don't, I don't think that that Leafs team is, is anywhere near um, where they are with, without him, which is obviously what the MVP is all about. I think goaltending for sure is, is always a consideration there. Um, so, uh, so yeah, Shesterkin, it needs to be in the conversation, but also, I mean, Roman Yossi, are you kidding me? With, Roman with, Yossi's in there too. Yeah, with the way this guy is playing right now, he he could win he could win the best forward and the best defenseman uh, trophy this year. Like he's he's just everything for that team. Like you you watch them play. Like even if he doesn't get on the on the scoreboard, you know, more than more than once on the score sheet, more than once in a game, he is completely driving play for that team. Every time he's out there, he's always in the mix, and it's it's just wild to see that done as a defenseman. I guess I have a, a bit of a soft spot for D-men when, when they excel, but um, oh, man, I, I have a hard time. There's, there could be on it. It can honestly seven different guys that could win that this year, but yeah, and you, and we only get to, get to put five. Yeah. So I don't know, man, I would probably, probably because I have a soft spot for D-men, I'd put Yossi number one. Cause I'd love to see that. But um, I think I'd, I think I'd probably Tuck Matthews in there as well because he's missed some games too and been able to do what he's done. So I'd I'd probably toss him him and Yossi as one two and then other uh, the rest of the guys pretty much jump ball in my in my book. Yeah, and this may be the Capitals' problem in a week. Igor Shesterkin. Uh, I don't think the Rangers are anywhere without without him this year. Like, totally. Yeah, he, like, he, I think I think he's my guy. Um, he, he's what he's what Carey Price was to the Habs that one year, right? Cleaned up everything. It's yeah. uh, it, when a goalie's having a good year, it's it's irreplaceable and. Uh, and so I, I would definitely get it if people went that direction. Yeah, and, and I got some time to, to, to kind of marinate over, over these decisions for the next few days. Uh, when we come back on All's Caps, our, our final segment, not Carl's stupid questions this time. We'll have, we'll have a guest and do that again later. Uh, but we'll talk about the, the road ahead for the Capitals and, again, argue over who we think they should want to face in the first round.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to All's Caps with former Capitals defenseman Carl Osner. I'm AP hockey writer Steve Wino. Uh, plenty of, of good awards talk. It's good to, to touch on Guy Lafleur. Uh, but back to the Capitals now. Uh, this is uh, the final few games of the season. A couple games against the, the, the Rangers and the Islanders to end it. And then and then uh, was going to be a tough first-round series anyway. Uh, other than Alex Ovechkin being healthy, what do you want to see out of this team uh, at the Islanders, at the Rangers this weekend? Well, I mean, it would be it'd be nice to, to see them you know, play, play a full 60 to their, to their identity, right. The, the, the ground and pound style of game with, uh, with uh, a lot of physicality and all that. But um, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised also if they are a little bit cautious too, with, uh, with everything going on with the last, last few games of the season here. So um, I think, I think what you don't want is to have any of those huge mental lapses, right. You don't want to have a, a six, one loss to a team where you just play, play terrible. Although it sometimes can be a kick in the butt to the whole team. If you do something like that, maybe snaps you out of a, any fog that you might be in. But in my opinion, I think you, you want to see uh, just, just solid hockey playing to the identity, trying to, uh, I guess, trying to execute everything that the coaches have been talking about. Right. They, they may even want to try a couple things um, leading into the playoffs that, that they haven't had the, the practice time to, to work on. So, um, you know, it's, to me, it's just, it's just play good hockey right now. Just don't, don't go in there and throw your stick on the ice and, and forget about the game. Um, but that's, you know, that's just the way that I look at those last few games. So uh, the line combinations right now, and, and, and this is uh, Eller and Mantha have been good together and, and, and kind of you're moving around kind of Oshi on that line. Wilson back with, with Kuznetsov and, and Ovechkin. Where, where, what do you like there? What do you, what do you want to see Peter Laviolette try? Oh man, it's, I, it's hard with the, the, the lineup, right? They coaches love, love to to tinker with them and they're always looking for that 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 silver bullet right they want to they want to see which one is just going to work amazing and as a as a player like i i don't like that you know i i understand why they do it but i would really love to to see them just give time to one you know each guy get a line and and then let them let them play that way i totally understand switching it up you know come the third period when you want an extra spark or whatever but but uh, guys need to guys need to figure it out on their own, and and I think that that's uh, that that's the way that I like to do it. So I I really really loved that um, the the tall line. I don't know what you want to call them, the Mantha Wilson Eller line. Um, those big guys. I loved seeing them run around out there and and putting pressure. I loved seeing Sherry up there on the top line as well. With um, you like you like Sherry up there. I do like Sherry up there. Yeah, with Ovi and and Kuzi. Uh, I think he's he's pretty deadly around the net. You know he. He he works hard. He forechecks. He goes to get the puck, and uh, you know if it's if it's not him that's that's bearing in tight, you know he's able to get it to to Ovi to do that. You know whoever else is that third guy high. So I I like him on there. I think he brings energy every single game too, which is something that a top line needs because they aren't typically the ones that are like you know get out there and crash and bang and and uh, and create momentum like that. But I think he brings that to a top line. Um, so I think that's a that's a nice fit, but. But then, you know, the question is, where does JoJo slot in? Um, 
and uh, and then things do get complicated. But I think whatever whatever happens, you, you gotta. I think you need to let a line kind of run with it for a little bit longer than than one game, um, even two games. Like let them. And we don't have that luxury right now because we're down to three. But but um, you know, it's. I guess that's what the season was for. Yeah, and if Alex McLeish is not playing, I think temporarily you throw Connor McMichael on that top line. But to me, your your game one lineup is, is ideally, I, I do think Connor Sherry up there with Ovechkin and, and Kuznetsov. I like the idea of, of Marcus with Nick and TJ, and then Eller Mantha. Uh, the, the Eller Mantha Wilson combination worked so well, and I know it's a really big line, but I think if you have that balance, and then the usual Larson Dowd. Uh, Hathaway line I think that works pretty well yeah I think so too and if you feel like you need even more momentum or a little bit more um, a little bit more grit on the top line then yeah then you can then you can switch in Tom there and and have him um, throw his weight around a little bit but you know I I think that that's a pretty nice balance of lines you know maybe maybe you might need to change up that second line a little bit um, at some point because I'm, I'm not really sure exactly who you who you. Yeah, put I, I, on don't, that I don't know if you want Nick and, and TJ playing together, but that's the problem that the Peter Laviolette's having right now is is that's a really small line when it's when it's Marcus uh, on one wing and Connor Sherry on the other one. Yeah, exactly. That's um, uh, yeah. I'm not too sure exactly what, the, what their feeling is in the in the uh, coaches' room about about that line, but there's there's obviously tons of talent on it. But uh, I guess you're going to have to see what kind of matchups you're getting. You know who. Who are they going to be matching up um, them against? And if if they're going to put a ton of speed and uh, and stuff against them, maybe with some size, then you might uh, think about breaking them up a little bit um, because that's <clears throat> that's what that's what teams are going to be looking to do. Yeah, and I think much of this is going to be matchup dependent, right? I mean, you 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 play the Florida Panthers and you you see the depth that they have forward and like a Sam Reinhart on the third line, and you got to match up against Barkov, you got to match up against Giroux. It's a little different than maybe the Rangers, where you got some younger players to deal with, and only you only have to stop Chris Kreider or the Hurricanes, who have been struggling lately. I think a lot of this is going to depend on, on who the Capitals play. It will for sure, and they'll and they'll figure out all those matchups. I'm sure. You, Honestly, I'm, I bet they've already figured out a lot of those now. They've probably they've probably cut all the clips and and have the uh, the scouts ready for for every team that they could possibly face. That's that's the way they, they do things there. They're they're always super prepared. Brett Leonard there is the video coach, assistant coach, and he is just dialed in to everything. Um, so I I would have a feeling that they're already ready for whatever gets thrown at them and um, figured out what their plan is going to be. But you know there will be there will be in game tweaks depending on uh, how much. Uh, how much of a chess match the uh, other team is going to play with with matching up lines because that's uh, it's always one of the fun things about the playoffs you get out there for especially if you're uh it, well anybody really but if you're a t- uh on a line that's a shutdown line you do a lot of you do a lot of uh five second shifts seven second shifts and they're they're great for the average but they can be kind of annoying uh, you mentioned the shift lengths now, and you mentioned the, the clips earlier. I got a chance to go see some like weird NHL technology stuff last week in, in Newark. And the stuff that is out there for coaches right now where shift lengths, you can check on speed. Uh, I think fans are going to get access to some puck and player tracking information in the playoffs. There, there's a, a robot that cuts, audio, cuts video clips for like a goal or a pass or whatever. The stuff that's out there is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> that's amazing. I think that it's, uh, I think it's fun for, for fans to get a, a better look at exactly what happens you know the speed of things i always thought it was amazing because you can't see it from anywhere past the like the fifth row on on pucks when they're elevated on passes saucer passes and 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 where they go through what kind of gaps these players are finding like 
the, the more details that uh, they can make public to the fans on, on what's happening on the ice, I think, I think the better. And then in terms of the coaches, yeah, like they've, they have so much information at their disposal and, and the really good coaches and coaching staffs use all of that. And they, and they find a way to, uh, to beat teams, you know, the, the one year when um, it was the first year when, when Trotsy came in with, with Todd Reardon and um, Lane Lambert, they joined up with Foz. Um, we all of a sudden had all this info and I'm like, where the heck did this come from? Like, how, how did you guys get all these stats? You know, like how we were on zone entries um, for and against and, and typically where we were beat middle to the side. I'm like, was somebody doing this manually? Cause if they were, they deserve an award and all that stuff is broken down and, and it's up to the team what they do with it. And so I think the good teams are the ones that, that really find a way to game plan, um, against other teams and, and they're typically more successful. Yeah. And, and all this data, like it, it can be a lot to wade through. Uh, what I'm always curious as is as a player, you, you almost don't want that information, right? Like to me, that this is always some, the analytics people should find this and the data and try to translate it to coaches. And it's the coach's job to translate it to players, because as a player, you don't want to be inundated with all that information, right? Oh no, not a chance. Most guys will just shut right down and they won't ever, uh, they won't ever look at it. If you, if you were to do exactly what you said there, find a way to break it down and uh, and just relay it at a at a really high level and don't uh, don't get into the weeds, then then that will that can benefit the player that wants to know that stuff and the guys that don't want to know it, they'll you know they'll just leave it. You know you can. It doesn't, you can, it doesn't hurt them, right? Yeah, exactly. You throw it up on the board and and players can go and, and check it out when they want to check it out. Um, you know, that's what we that's what we did in in Wash all the time. We'd have. We'd have all of our systems on the board, all of their systems on the board. There'd be video running of of their breakouts, their face-offs, you know, neutral zone four checks, all that stuff. And and the players that really wanted to sit down and take it all in, they would sit down and take it all in. And the rest of the guys would would you know just remember what they remember from the the earlier pre-scout. So <clears throat> I think you got to give give all the players as many options as you can and uh, and then let them learn the way they learn. Right. Uh, one last thing before we let you go and, and, and enjoy your, your vacation, uh, your spring break vacation to, to Florida coming up. Uh, it still looks like it could be less likely Carolina, uh, unfortunately, for the Capitals after that, that loss to, to the Leafs. But uh, Rangers, Panthers. I'm going to take Carolina out of this because of Freddie Anderson. If you're the Capitals right now and you can pick your opponent, do you want to play the Rangers or the Panthers? Um, <clears throat> I would probably want to play the Rangers because I'd, I'd rather go up through the Metro than uh, than um, through the Atlantic, right? Yeah, um, I think that's I think that's exactly the reason why. Yeah, that that'd be my that'd be my choice right there. I mean, I, I we did say that you're you're going to have to face a, a tough opponents either way, but but I would rather stay in the Metro for uh, for right now, and I think that the uh, the matchups are a little nicer there. I was started talking to, to, to folks last night. I was like, if you get Carolina and all of a sudden Freddie Anderson's hurt and you get through there and then maybe Igor Shesterkin cools down and then you get through there and then maybe the Panthers or whoever's beaten up, the Lightning are, are tired and you get them in the Eastern Conference Final, you can talk yourself into a, into a long playoff run if Vitek Vanek is playing well and you get the right matchup. Shoot, that's what we'd always say after game one of the playoffs. We're, we're winning everything, you know. We're, we're gonna, we've won the first game, we've won it all. And then, obviously, and then things change right away and next thing you know you're in a game seven so it's everything is everything's going to shift every single day with every match so um i i can see i can see a path for sure but someone's going to get hot you know let's just hope it's not a halak situation and uh and that they'll be able to find their way through well, unless vanacek is halak unless vanacek is halak or samsonov is halak we'll take that otherwise let's leave halak out of this yeah, I know. I know that's a bad that's a bad name to, to bring up. Uh, we'll, we'll leave it <laughs> on that note. Um, thanks everybody for listening. We'll talk to you later this week on Allscaps.